a lot of people are, that makes them nervous because they don't feel like they can really like showcase who they are on camera. But I'm telling you, if you are focused and really in the conversation, you can 100% bring that energy. And if, if that's a physical thing you have to do, like a hand clap or a fist pump or chest roll, you know, whatever you have to do to like pump yourself up or to bring that energy, then figure that out and do it because it's, it's just important to really display your best. And I do believe it's possible to have that kind of predetermined strategy and be yourself. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, I'm excited to be here today with Brianna Rellis. She is a best-selling author of a book called Make Reality TV Your Reality, and she's a Dallas-based strategy consultant, reality TV music coach. Most recently, she's launched a reality singing show, Success Academy, to be able to help independent artists to be able to prepare for and maximize their experience on a reality singing show so they can really you know, leverage that experience to create momentum in their music careers. So we were just talking a little bit backstage and um, I think it's so cool just this this main focal point, like kind of the angle that, that she's taking and helping artists because obviously you know, there's such a huge opportunity for artists who are able to you know, get on a reality TV show like this and potentially get exposure to millions of people, even if they're not necessarily like the artist that wins the entire thing. It just seems like a, a really cool platform and opportunity. So I'm excited to talk more about it today. So Brianna, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Hey, thank you so much, Michael. I'm super pumped to be here and I really appreciate being on your show today. So thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to chat about this. Awesome. So to start with, I would love to hear a little bit about your story and just kind of how you got started down this path of you know, becoming a reality TV singing success coach. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I've actually been singing and doing music my whole life. I ad auditioned for American Idol back in the OG season four when Carrie Underwood won and I made it to the top 100 uh, Hollywood rounds. I believe that year we had about a hundred thousand people who auditioned. So wow. that was a really big deal back then. And it was one of those things that enabled me to believe in myself on, in a way that was different. So like really looking at this experience going, whoa, like I was top 100 out of a hundred thousand people wrapping around, you know, stadiums across the country. And maybe I actually have something here, you know, so it was sort of a validating thing for me. But back in those days, back in the day, record labels still had a really strong uh, hold on the music industry. So for me, it was simply an opportunity to get a foot in the door and meet some people and potentially see myself having a career. When my reality singing show experience ended prematurely, like so many, uh, so many other artists, you know, experience. I thought my music career was over. I thought that was my last shot. I was depressed. I mean, you, you name it, right. I went through all the emotions and literally I didn't perform or sing for years after that, because I thought, you know, I was done. I really did. I truly believe that. Thankfully, after a few years, I woke up I have my husband very supportive was like, listen, man, if you don't, if you don't start singing, performing, writing music, doing what you do, you're not only going to make yourself crazy. You're going to make me crazy. And I was very depressed and I really didn't associate that it was because I wasn't exercising my gift. And so I always tell people, if you're not exercising your creativity or your gifts, if that's how you're wired, right. I think that music and art is, is potential, not potentially, but it is how you're wired. It's like in your, the thread of the fabric of your bones, right? If you're not using it, you, um, will suffer. You'll suffer mentally, emotionally, and physically, and those around you will suffer as well. So I was happy to get that wake up call. And literally, you know, the next month I was back at it, booked to get, get the house of blues, you know, just kind of going full, full throttle again. So that was kind of the beginning of me getting back into the now, you know, mm. 
That's awesome. What a what a great reminder for all of us too. Like that is something that a lot of my mentors have recommended, and it seems like a lot of like successful people they kind of put themselves in this like they kind of imagine the end of their lives and looking back on their deathbed and kind of you know what at that from that perspective what are the things that kind of like they regret or that they like kind of held back. And, and one of those seems, it seems like for so many of us musicians, is sort of this idea of dying with our music still inside of us. And the way that you just like presented that um, really rung true of this a fact that like we have this expressive ability. And if we don't, you know, put that out, if we don't exercise our gift, then we're literally kind of holding it in. And it's not, not only hurting us, but it's hurting the people around us. Really, really powerful. So describe a little bit, a little bit about this transition to, you know, now that you've sort of been able to, you know, because it's been over 30 years, if I remember, if I read it correctly, that you've been, if you've been an artist, you've been creating and expressing your own music, which is amazing. And so I'd love to hear a little about this, what motivated you to start coaching and helping other artists? And what, what exactly is it that you, you kind of consider your, your prime focus now when it comes to working with artists? Yeah, thank you so much. So when I started performing again, I had a daughter who was probably around four at the time. And I was able to manage the gigging sort of scene and the rehearsals with the band and all of those things. But two more babies later, I'm a mom of three, and it became such a chore for me. Now, this is something I love to talk about in, in some regards, because I always tell moms in music, like you can have a music career. It's not easy, but you can do it. There's so many women out there that when well, first of all, they either think that they can't have kids and a music career, or they think that once they have kids, their music career is over. And I bought into that lie too, for a while. So I just want to, if you're listening to this and you're a mom and you love music and you're a part of this industry, I promise you, you can make it work. But I, I decided to actually go into more of a vocal coaching realm because I had so many parents reaching out to me, asking me to vocal coach their kids. And I, I quit my nine to five job at that point after having three kids. And I started my vocal coaching practice. And from that experience, I, I realized I was getting so much ammunition for a book. I wrote my first book performing artist pathway. And then when I wrote my first book that led to me speaking at music conferences and meeting more artists, then that turned into consulting because artists wanted to work with me on a different level. My husband and I are also restaurant owners. So I have a lot of brick and mortar entrepreneurial skills in my back pocket as well, which I bring to my coaching and my consulting. And then keep going, you know, a few more years, I realized I, I get asked the question a lot. Will you prepare me for my American Idol audition or my voice audition? And it is actually something I get really amped up about. I get, I light up, I get really excited when I get those requests because it combines my passion for performance and coaching on performance. In addition to all the other little things like the mindset and the online business strategies, because I see so many artists go on these shows and they miss out on an opportunity to maximize and leverage it. And they fall into the trap that I did, which is they go on the show they don't make it as far as they want. They think their music career is over and you never hear from them again. It mm. makes me nuts. So mm. that is kind of how I decided to niche down even more. So I'm a strategy consultant for an independent performing artist, in addition to a reality TV music coach. And I absolutely love the reality TV music coaching side because first of all, I, I don't know anyone else out there who does what I do. And I really just want to be the go-to girl for reality singing shows, quite honestly, like, because I'm passionate about, and I know I can help, I know I can help artists. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Th thank you for sharing that. And one thing that it seems like has become more understood through experience, like over time has been the role of a coach versus like one common yeah, misinterpretation, I think, or misunderstanding might be thinking that the most, like the best coaches are always going to be the people who are like, you know, Michael Jordan, right. Of like the, the NBA. But what I so appreciate about, about you and about this whole industry of like educators and mentors and coaches and consultants is that 
a lot of times there's a there's a totally complementary and a different skill set that really has evolved around being able to help and support and coach other people. And sometimes I, I know for for me personally, like finding a huge passion from you know being able to coach and help other artists. And I think that you having the background as an artist yourself who is on you know made it at the top one hundred gives you this perspective that that is really important that like really comes into your coaching as well. So yeah, I just wanted to say, like, I appreciate your, you know, what you've really been able to contribute and provide for, for other people. And I can relate with sort of like this transition of uh, going from my main role being touring full time to like becoming a coach and helping other people with it. And I've kind of gone through identity things before where it's like, well, if I'm, you know, if I'm not touring full time anymore, like, should I be, I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, no, like, it's okay. Like, you know, you can be, you know, a lot of times in most cases, the greatest coaches of all times, like they might not even necessarily play the game. Right. Like, so, but I think that yeah. there is like a, a great correlation that happens there. So I've gone on a little bit of a rabbit hole to like, to what, not too much detail there, but I would love to hear, I, I know now, you know, you have, what's great about you is that you have the experience to be able to relate from both from the standpoint of being an artist yourself for over 30 years and you know, being on the reality TV shows and now also consulting and coaching with other artists and seeing what works for them. So I would love to hear from your experience, you know, what are some of the biggest misconceptions or mistakes that let's say that there's an artist right now who's thinking, man, like this seems like a really cool opportunity. I would love to go on this reality TV show. What are some of the biggest um, mistakes that you see artists making commonly when they first get started? Absolutely. Well, I believe the first mistake is thinking that this is like their one track, you know, to fame, you know, they're their fast track to fame. Reality singing shows are a lot different than they were at the conception of it, so to speak, like on the Kelly Clarkson days and even the Carrie Underwood days, right? They are not your fast track to fame anymore. However, they are an excellent marketing, marketing opportunity or marketing arm for your music business. Because as we were discussing earlier, you have an opportunity to get in front of millions of ears and eyes. And if you are prepared strategically moving into this experience, you can put forth what you want them to hear, your, your brand message, your music. I mean, they, they are more open now than they ever have been to showcasing original music. Your, just your whole, your light, your attitude, like all the things, you know, and I always tell people reality singing shows are not for everyone. I certainly don't, you know, shout from the rooftops that they are. However, if you are listening to this and you are interested I would start by always remembering you must have a clear plan or strategy going into it, but also you need to evaluate your motivation, your intention and, and your why, because you need to know ultimately what you're trying to get out of this. You know, is this because you want to expand your audience base? Is this because you want to share maybe your signature song? Is this because you want to a hundred thousand followers? I don't, you know, you have to decide that for you, but having that clear intention and motivation, really being very clear on what that is, then we can set up a plan to ensure that, that you achieve that goal. Right. So having, having all of that in place as, as far as a strategy moving into it is really important. And I think that a lot of artists, as far as mistakes, I think they rely on their talent alone. They think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm good looking, I've got a, a good voice and I'll make up a story maybe, or, you know, whatever, like I'm interesting enough, but that, that is a huge mistake because this is so much more than your voice. Like you got to be the complete package and you have to be prepared to showcase it in a compelling and consistent way. And that requires work and potentially coaching. So, you know, that's, I feel like a very important, important thing or mistake to avoid. Uh, and I would also say another mistake that I see is just the egos, right? So one misconception about reality singing shows is that reality singing shows aren't for real artists, right? Oh, you're going to sell out if you're an, if you're an indie artist or whatever, and you go on the voice, like you're selling out, like whatever. Right. And that's fine. If you believe that that's cool. Reality singing shows are probably not for you. However, you know, 
at the end of the day, you've got the greenest of green singers, you know, the 16 year old bright eyed, you know, oh my gosh, I just want an opportunity who is amazing probably. And you have the maybe 50 year old or even 30 year old who has been releasing music for years, probably has on, been on tour, gigging forever, right? You're up against each other. So it's an equal opportunity for both. And so it's really important. I always say, check your ego at the door. Because at the end of the day, you can't compare yourself to others. You have no idea what the judges are looking for. And the best thing you can do is focus on your own game and go in there and do what you intend to do, which is share your music, share your message, share your story. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so it sounds like what you're saying is that, you know, it's important to go into it with a fresh, with an open mind and you know, be willing to admit that you don't know exactly how, like it's, so it sounds like a couple of things. One is like, you, know, you want to go in with a plan with an intention, right? So it's not like you just kind of go in with no intention at all. You just kind of hope like, well, I hope something cool happens. Like you go in with an intention, but at the same time, you have the openness where you check your ego at the door, where you, re- at a certain point, you kind of like, like, you're like, all right, well, this is who I am. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to show up. And how do you recommend that people kind of find that balance between, you know, between letting go entirely and just being themselves and just showing up and being in the moment or, you know, kind of versus like having a planned <clears throat> intention or kind of goal. Yeah. I, f- I find that kind of like an interesting point is like, is, is how do you show up and be present without being attached to the outcome but while at the same time, like, you know, having, having your goals in, in line? Yeah, it's a great question. So part of that, I feel like comes from the preparation because I, for example, you know, when I work with clients, I'm, we're really hitting on, okay, make sure you have your back, your back pocket of songs, make sure you have at least five songs that you're, you'll be ready to pull out. I don't want artists to be so consumed about what they're doing. They're all up in their head because that strips away from their authenticity and bringing who they are to the table because they want to see you. They want to see your personality. They want to see you having fun. They want to see you loose. And if you're all up in your head about, oh my God, what, wait, what song am I singing? What are the lyrics? Wait, what's my story? What am I supposed to say again? Like, you know, then that's going to take away from you just being you. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think the preparation piece is very important. I think that also breeds confidence when you are very prepared going into a situation like this. It's also a pressure cooker. So having understanding those expectations, like expect that it's going to be stressful, expect that it's going to be hard. But as far as advice, I always say, okay, if you're talking to a producer, literally just pretend like that producer is your best friend. Now don't be picking your nose and cursing or anything like that, but pretend like that producer is your best friend and have a real conversation with them. We can, we can set up the framework of what you want to share, because it is important that you know exactly what you want to share and what you don't want to share. That's very important, but that's just a framework. So when you're having these loose conversations, you can relax, you can take a deep breath and you can just focus on having a conversation with a friend. So they have an idea of who you are but bring the energy. The energy has to be there because if you aren't sharing that energy and like, I'm I'm like pushing myself into the camera right now, because it's so important. A lot of these initial interviews are going to be online. They're going to be virtual. And a lot of people are, that makes them nervous because they don't feel like they can really like showcase who they are on camera. But I'm telling you, if you are focused and really in the conversation, you can 100% bring that energy. And if, if that's a physical thing you have to do, like a hand clap or a fist pump or a chest roll, you know, whatever you have to do to like pump yourself up or to bring that energy, then figure that out and do it because it's, it's just important to really display your best. And I do believe it's possible to have that kind of predetermined strategy and be yourself. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. 
So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you want to take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians, and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast, or if you just want to know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is going to be perfect for you. So right now, we're offering a free two-week trial to our music mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're going to get access to our entire music mentor content vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars. The first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds where our highest level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. Then once a month, we're gonna have our Music Mentor Spotlight series. And that's where we're gonna bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor and, and maybe the most valuable is that you're going to have this, this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you want to take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and you can sign up for free. Uh, from there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast, supporting the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now and uh, let's get back to our interview. That's so good. As you're talking about having that like kind of back pocket thing, it's yeah! It's like become the, the yak yeah, cam. It's a very nice like event for me. That That's awesome. And what it reminds me of is this idea that's, that's really served me well around you know setting up the environment so that the thing you want to have happen just like happens on its own without you having to like to like if you can set things up so that the frame is in place where you can like let go and then you know that like the thing you want to have happen is going to happen it seems like that's such a great tool and a way that you can prepare but you kind of like set the boundaries so that you can just express yourself and it sounds like that's really like what you recommend with pre preparation going in so that you, know, you feel confident to let go and you have your like kind of your your core things your core frame but you also have the freedom and the energy to just sort of express yourself awesome one question I want to circle back around to based on something that you said that I think is a really good question for anyone who might be listening or watching this right now was around you know how reality TV shows, they might not be for, for everyone, but if they're for you, they're you know an amazing opportunity. So for anyone who's listening or watching this right now, it's kind of, because that's also the kind of thing that probably a lot of people who would be great for reality TV shows might question themselves or doubt or think like, yeah, what do I have that's special about me or what do I have? Like, and so I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on what is it that makes someone a really good fit for reality TV show shows and like what, you know, if someone's listening to this right now, like, you know, what, what would you recommend for them? Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing. There's a lot of different ways to look at this because there are so many di different types of singers and performers that go on shows like this. If you're someone who's been uh, let's say a seasoned independent artist, right? Which is probably a lot of your audience. I would say, think about, you know, have you weighed out the pros and cons of going on a show like this? Are you at a point in your career where you're looking for an additional marketing avenue to expand your audience or gain new followers? But, you know, those are just a couple things to, to consider. Are you okay with cameras flying in your face or does the thought of that completely freak you out? You know, like, because there is, there is an element of getting out of your comfort zone. Like if you're ready to just embrace a new adventure, get out of your comfort zone and like step into something very different, then you, you might want to check this out. But if that, the idea of that, like, paralyzes you, then it may not be a good fit, right? You know, there's also, that, like you said, that element of letting go. This is a entertainment television show. So that's what they're looking for. If you are the type of person that shines on camera and is born to entertain and you are just ready to like, you don't always have to ham it up every day. You don't have to be the biggest personality in the room, 
but you do have to be compelling. It is entertainment television. So that is something to keep in mind. They do not owe you anything. Okay. But remember that they need you just as much as you kind of need or want this opportunity to satisfy any sort of marketing goals that you have for your career. So I, I always say it's a, it's a two-way street. They need talent. You have talent, bring it to them. Right. And then I always just say, you know, why the heck not? If you looked back, you know, earlier we talked about when you're on your deathbed and you look back and, you know, you kept that music inside of you. Is this, is this something you're going to regret? You know, if you could care less, uh, I don't care. Then, you know, maybe, maybe it's not for you, but if you, if you were going to look back and go, gosh, darn it, why didn't I do it? Why didn't I just try? Like, it doesn't hurt to try. And it's easier now than ever to audition because of everything going to virtual in those initial rounds. So there isn't a major expense out of your pocket to audition anymore. And there's also, you can leverage Instagram and social media because that's where casting producers are. They are literally casting based on what they see on Instagram. So there are ways, there are more ways now to get an opportunity on a show like that than there ever have been. Yeah. So, so it sounds like what you're saying is that, you know, you need to go into it expecting that it's going to make you feel a bit uncomfortable and be okay with kind of stretching your, your comfort zone. And if you're not okay with the stretch of your comfort zone, then okay. You know, like that's something that you should know going into it, that it's going to stretch your comfort zone. But at the same time, like, you know, what are you here for? <laughs> like we were, we have a limited amount of time. Like and if you know, you're kind of looking back and, and if this is the kind of thing that you'd regret not doing, then you should at least give it a shot, right? You should at least, you know, give it, give it your all. And yeah, absolutely. It just, it seems like it's such a, like there's such a low risk, I guess. Like, like what are you losing by, by doing it? Like nothing, you know, except for maybe like, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be a little scary to do it, but especially if you have, you know, a good plan, you have some guidance around it, then it seems like it's a great way to stretch yourself and stretch your comfort zone. And even if you don't, you know, make it, um, super far into the contest or whatnot, it's, it's still, are you going to be better like having done this or are you going to be like, where are you going to be having done this and having not? And if it's going to move you closer to your goal, if it's something that's going to challenge you, then, you know, it's probably something worth considering at least. Yeah, absolutely. And if, you know, as far as the risk, maybe you get your ego hurt a little bit, you know, at, at the, it's, it, but this is again, the entertainment industry. How many, how many no's have you gotten in your lifetime as an artist? You know, how, how much rejection is out there a lot. Mm -hmm. So I always say, you know, as far as the benefits, it's a huge opportunity, a huge opportunity to expand your music impact. Your, like I said, your, your sound, your music, your message, like all of those things to connect and isn't that why we do music to begin with? Because we want to connect with more people. We want to share our message and our music with, with others on a large scale. Many of us, many of us want that, right? I also think it's just an extension of your music marketing efforts as an indie performing artist. It's also a great place to network and create lifetime music industry connections. A lot of my clients who go on these shows are just collaborating with with a lot of the contestants that they, that they meet, they're gigging with them. They're going on tour with them. They're songwriting with them. It's a really terrific place to expand your community as an artist. So there are so many benefits as well, not just, you know, getting more followers on Instagram, for example, but as far as long-term big picture, the networking aspect of it is huge. Awesome. Yeah. And, and to, you know, to circle back to your, like the one downside is that maybe you get your ego bruised a little bit or someone says like, you know, you're not good or you're never going to make it. But, you know, even if that happens, you know, how many times have there been like some of the greatest artists of all time who were told that they're never going to make it, they're never going to be successful. And then, you know, they went on to become some of the greatest, you know, most successful musicians of all time. You can just go to Google and type that in. You'll get like a huge 
10 pages of like examples, right? So, so that's, that's the great news. Even if your ego gets bruised, or if someone says you're not good enough, then you know, who cares? Like, that's, that's fine. Like that's, that doesn't mean that you don't have what it takes, but you know, you, it's, that's the worst case scenario. Best case scenario is all the things that you're talking about. Awesome. So let's say that, let's say at this point, like people are like, okay, cool. Like this, you know, I wasn't really coming into this podcast thinking that I was going to submit for like, you know, a reality singing TV show, but I think I'm going to give it a shot. I think that, you know, it's something that, <clears throat> that I, I want to push myself in my comfort zone, my comfort limit a little bit. So let's say that someone is now at a, at a point where, well, I guess here's, here's the next question I guess would be like, what are the different opportunities that are available to them at the time? Like right now, like, like what are the diff different types of reality shows and are there any that you would recommend that they start with or for beginners or, or yeah, what would your thoughts be around just the, the landscape? Sure. Sure. So, you know, the cool thing about reality singing shows is I feel like there's a new reality singing show all the time. There's a lot of different options. So definitely do your research. Also, there are reality singing shows all over the world. So no matter where you're tuning in from, there's probably, you know, The Voice Germany or The Voice Australia or, you know, Britain's Got Talent or there's going to be shows wherever you're at. I just had a client go on The Voice Germany over at the Reality Singing Show Summit. We had Annabelle Williams, who's the key, the key vocal coach at Britain's Got Talent. And they just had their biggest season yet because they were off for two years because of COVID. So they are looking for talent. American Idol has age restrictions. So always be looking at what are the requirements to go on these shows. I get the question a lot. If I live in London, can I go on American Idol or the voice, you know, the voice America, right? And it all comes down to visas. So if that's something that you can easily acquire a work visa, then you should be able to audition just so you know, but yeah, America, I want to say American Idol's capped right now at either 28 or 29 years old. So if you are beyond that, I would highly recommend one of the Got Talents or The Voice. I get another question a lot about, well, do they really want, I'm 42, do they even want old, I'm old, like for the music industry, you know, I'm not like a spring chicken anymore. Do, would they want someone like me? And they're casting all ages and stages. So I just wouldn't get hung up on that. I mean, I think at the end of the day, that just becomes an excuse. Mm. You know, it's, it's an excuse that we often make. It's sort of legitimate because of what we see, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day. What matters is if you're excellent, if you're an amazing talent, then go out there and give them what you got and see how it goes. You know, have a plan and, and execute it. And then you won't ever regret it ever. Mm. So I think just always start with the research. There's opportunities all around. I mean, even I can see your voice, you know, it's not as long of a process. So thinking about, well, I don't want to spend four months. I want to release music. So that's another thing to think about. If you have music coming out on the next six months, don't audition until the music comes out because that's going to hold up your music release. Or if you don't want to spend that much time on a reality singing show, consider other shows. There's also, is it Songland? There's, there's a bunch of other shows for songwriters as well. So they're more like songwriting competitions. They're not all into the drama of the, like the teams and team, this team, that, and the long, like the long process. Uh, Canada has a few right now going on as well. So yeah, there's, there are so many out there. So many. Just do your research. Does that help? I, I feel like I kind of rambled there, but it, it definitely helps. Yeah. And and one thing I'm not sure if you probably already have a resource like this. Maybe um, we can add it to the to the resources that that you're creating, but just like a PDF file that's like, hey, here's a list of like quick all links. of the available. Yeah, quick yeah. links. That'd be super cool. Yeah. So okay, I, yeah, I'll make that. Note. I don't want to like put words in your mouth, but no. like, but, but yeah, we're, if you're listening to this right now, then probably at this point, maybe, um, again, I don't want to like throw you on the commitment, but if you were able to kind of put like a spreadsheet, that'd be really cool for anyone listening to this right now. Hey, we got a gift for you. Like you can go here with the PDF. Here's all the links to like these different yeah. opportunities. Yeah. I already have it. So that's easy for me to give to your audience. Happy to do that. Yay. Thank you. That's you awesome. Bet. Cool. So let's say that 
So it's kind of moving on to this next step. So now they know that they've got one lined up. They know when the audition's happening. They're ready to go do it. And now they're kind of sitting at, at a blank screen, kind of wondering like, oh, what do I say or do? Or like, how do I actually improve my odds to be successful and to make it far in this? Where do you recommend that they start in terms of, you know, cementing in uh, that frame that we talked about? Yes. So there's kind of a process. I I take artists through a three sort of phase process and it's the preparation where it's not just what song do I sing, but it's also mindset because there's a lot, this is a lot mindset at the end of the day, because we can get up in our head about a lot of different things during the audition process. And even when you get on the show, there's even more in that, in that arena. Then there's the sort of prep for the live performance. And then the last phase is the leveraging and maximizing phase. When you get cast on the show, how do you squeeze the most juice out of it? So for the beginning preparation phase, we talked about understanding your, your intention, having a clear strategy, knowing your why your motivation for doing this in the first place. Song choice is very key. And the number one thing that I would recommend is knowing who you are as an artist start there. Because if you go into the situation being unclear of where you fit into their grand scheme of thing, and you're confusing, a confused casting producer cannot cast you. So knowing who you are as an artist, or if you're a new singer, or sort of just trying to figure out your stuff, like your artist brand ultimately. And I know a lot of times when we talk about artist brand, it confuses people because they think that maybe it's just like, oh, these are my colors. Like my artist brand colors are yellow and blue, but, (laughs) but we're talking more about like, what do you represent your values? What are the types of the music you want to write and share? Who, who are your fans and, or who do you want them to be? Right. Who do you want them to be? So really establishing who you are as an artist, the type of music you want to make going into it, because that's going to inform your song choice. So understanding your, your artist brand before you choose your songs is very important because again, you, you want to be very, you want to make it very clear and obvious for the casting producers where you belong inside their show, inside their cast, which they are casting. Right. So that's where I would start. And then you kind of move into the mindset piece. I always talk about daily success rituals and getting into warrior mode. And when you're gearing up for this, creating a rhythm for yourself, because here's the thing, if you don't prepare before your audition, and I think this would be the biggest thing I would say is like, think big picture, think long-term here. Don't just think first step, have my first audition. You have to think way beyond that because when you have your first audition, your second or third audition could come on the heels of it very, very quickly. And if you're not prepared with your story, if you're not prepared to have interviews with casting producers without saying every two seconds or without, or by saying, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've been singing all my life. You and like everyone else auditioning, (laughs) like (laughs) tell me something interesting right? Mm-hmm. So you have to have all of these things prepared before your first audition. And that includes what I, what I like to call getting your online business ducks in a row, because you do have a little bit more time for that, especially if you get cast. Cause there's about a, could be a month or two months before you actually go to Hollywood or go to that judges round. But if you are only thinking about step one, you're going to probably feel overwhelmed and unprepared. Mm-hmm. So giving yourself time to prepare adequately for the process, for the whole journey, the whole enchilada, right? Mm. Mm. <laughs> so that, that would be my biggest advice as far as, you know, and that, that feels like a lot, but at the end, some people, I'm sorry, I'll say one more thing. I think a lot of artists are, are afraid to put that much effort into it when it's just an audition. But if you're going to be successful and truly maximize and leverage the experience, why wouldn't you train and get coaching and prepare yourself as best you can to be successful. Yeah, that's, that's super smart. And it seems like that's just sort of a common practice of people who are successful is that they're not going into a situation planning 
to fail or like making excuses on like, like, like that's the easy thing to do is to just like, to be like, as soon as something comes up, Oh, I'm my, like, I'm too old. Like you talked about, like, you know, like our brains are like safety devices that are like, like don't die. <laughs> don't make yourself uncomfortable. So like it comes up with all the reasons. And, and so I think that, it's one of the most valuable things about um, what you offer and like having a coach or a guide is that they can kind of help establish the right expectations. Like, oh, yep, like that's actually kind of normal that your brain's doing that. And that's what's going to happen because, you know, your brain wants to keep you safe. But also, you know, you don't have like all those excuses are just excuses. And, and you want to go in and, and plan for it and, and plan for it as if you're going to be successful because that's how you're going to be successful. One one question that I would love to dive in with you, because I, I know this is um, something that probably a question you get a lot, and it seems like one of the biggest challenges for, for artists, and it's probably especially relevant to like reality TV shows and like when it comes to identifying their story and figuring out like what is it that is special about me or unique and trying to to create to be able to communicate their story in a way that's compelling but at the same time authentic you know you don't want to like invent like a fake story but at the same time you want to make sure that you're communicating in a way that actually is has a good narrative and it's clear so what are what are your tips in terms of for anyone who's listening who's kind of wondering or like like I don't know if I really have a story or if I'm unique or like what is it how do they get started really identifying that it's a great question and I do hear that a lot where artists believe that they, because they don't have a sob story or a sad story that, well, I wouldn't get cast on a show like that because I don't have a sad story. Right. Mm. I think that everyone has a story and I actually take artists through like a seven sort of question, you know, process where we, Mm. where we just unpack the journey, but we answer these questions in full. And then we essentially have the long, the medium and the short version, right? And the short version is like the elevator pitch. That's the thing that's going to roll off your tongue. It's going to be aligned with the big story, but just in a very small little chunk. Mm. And it's it starts with simple questions like how you got started. It starts with identifying what kind of challenges you've been through. It's, mm. it's your artist brand story ultimately. But the cool thing about having that is that you can use it for everything. You can use it when you're releasing music and you're sending it to your publicist or when you're writing your own press release and you're pitching it to press outlets, right? You can use it on podcasts. You can use it when you're pitching yourself for opportunities that are maybe a little more creative or out of the box. So having this core brand story is not just important for a reality singing show, but it's an important part of your artist arsenal when you're connecting with your fans, when you're connecting with your, with these music supporters that you want to bring into, you know, your world and ultimately having that connection point with them, because when you are being vulnerable and you don't have to share everything, being very clear on what you're okay with sharing, what you're not okay with sharing, but always be aware that your, your fans, they want to know you. They want to get to know the real you. They don't want just this like polished, perfect, you know, picture all the time. And so your story is an opportunity for you to create that connecting point. And as it pertains to reality singing shows, it's creating a connecting point to the viewers, to the millions of people who are getting to know you for the first time. And it also, if you can, if you can have a great, compelling, clear story, it also sets you apart because you are going to be competing against a lot of great singers. So if you have a compelling story that's really told well, then that's the type of thing that's going to give you that audition edge and set you apart. If it comes down to you and Sally Joe, who's equally as a terrific singer, they're probably going to go with you because you have a story. So, you know, really taking the time to walk through your journey, being real about it, maybe not sharing everything, identifying those challenges, how you overcame those challenges. And the most important thing that I always talk about is where's the hope piece in there? How can you encourage others? Because it's not just about me. 
It's about how my story can connect with you. And it's, it's a way for you to say, Hey, if I can do it, you can do it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that really beautiful connection piece that reality singing shows can, can use to connect with viewers. Mm. That's so good. Yeah. It, it seems like that's something that almost just part of being human is that we have like sto- a story to tell. Right. And it sounds like what you're saying is, you know, that it's almost like you, you don't have to invent something that isn't true. You can just kind of chisel away. You have this block of ice that is you and you can chisel away the block of ice to really, to refine and share your story in a way that's authentic. There's also this beautiful piece of art. And, you know, and that one point that you brought up that I think is a really good one is that when you're telling your story, that you want to be thinking about the viewer and you want to be thinking about how this relates to them and what you want, you know, what you want to be able to share with them or what they get from the story as well, which I thought was kind of an interesting, interesting point. Have you ever heard of the, the hero's journey framework from Joseph Campbell? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's a lot of how I model when I walk my clients through it. That's a lot, a big way of how I model that framework for them. Because it's, I find it, it's, it actually makes it very simple. It simplifies the process of crafting your story. Mm-hmm. And it also helps the artist think outside of themselves, you know, because I don't know. I just, I personally think that it's wonderful when you can say, okay, I, I battled obesity or I battled eating disorders and I wasn't ready to tell this story but I'm healed now. I'm ready to tell the story. And what I can share is that, you know, self-love and, you know, there's like all of these really beautiful components that you can share versus shame. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. aligning with the love versus the shame. So many people want to just hold on to the shame of, I still battle with an eating disorder. Oh, Mm -hmm. there's hope. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be ashamed. I can get through this. I can get help. Because I'm watching you, you did, you got help, you got through it. Like, you know, so Mm -hmm. I think that being able to provide sort of that encouragement side versus, you know, woe is me, feel sorry for me, all the things and, and not to, not to downgrade anyone's story because there are some awful, awful things that people have been through. And yeah, I, I would never, you know, try and down, you know, downgrade that or, or say it's not important, but as it pertains to how we connect with our audience and how we want to be, you know, the type of story we want to share on a show like this. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to have an angle that's encouraging and hopeful. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, it seems symbolically going on a reality TV show or something like this is almost like stepping into the light. Right. And it's like, you're, you're putting yourself out there, you're stepping into the light and, and that can be really scary to kind of be like fully seen, but that it almost creates this, this platform where if you have something like all of us have something inside of us that we've, we've been struggled, we've struggled with, or we've been ashamed of like shame seems like a really powerful place to go searching for a story, <laughs> you know, especially if you like have something you're ashamed of that you're able to overcome and in that you're able to, you know, have this, this purpose. And, and I think maybe that's just part of the global humanness of being a human is that like we're storytellers and a lot of our stories revolve around us transforming and, and shame is like a very powerful compass that kind of points at where are we not stepping into the light fully and when we can kind of go through that inner work of stepping into the light and then we can you know, use that as a tool to be able to help other people step into the light, that's where like you know, what you're talking about, you know, stepping on in front of these reality shows, you can really be a light and you can really help inspire so many other people with, with your story and your message and your music. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, it's, it's a platform to do, to do just that, you know, and if you are prepared and ready to leverage it or use it in that way, then it's, it's also, I mean, people watching you on stage, being that light, sharing your story. And then also, you know, hopefully you being able to feel like you could be yourself and showcase your personality a bit too, you know, cause they want a little bit of you, but they also want the artist. So it, you, you're bringing all of you, you're bringing all of you there. So you're right. It is 
a bit of showcasing some vulnerability, but at the end of the day, these people who are going to follow you from the show are following you because they, they really like you and they want to see you succeed. They want to see you do well. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. That's super cool. Well, hey, Brianna, thank you again so much for taking the time to come on here and, and share some of your uh, insights and experience. And for anyone who is listening or watching this right now and is interested in learning more about you know, your your coaching and your courses and your free resources and whatnot, where's the best place for them to go to, to dive deeper? Awesome. Yes, you can go to briannarellasmusic.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-N-A, Relas, R-U-E-L-A-S, music.com. And all of my books, online courses, I have a blog that I put a lot of information on as well. Uh, a lot of stuff you can find there. And I'm actually doing a free masterclass in early June. So depending on when you're tuning into this, you can get uh, a free training if you would like. I even have a free video training series, I think, on my website too. So. Awesome. Well, like always, we'll make sure to put all the links in the show in the show notes so you have easy access. And yeah, I just super appreciate appreciate you coming on here and, and sharing. I mean, a lot of the everything you talked about as it relates to like reality TV shows is totally applicable to every artist, whether it's on reality or or anywhere. So um, I think it's it's super valuable and relevant to everyone as a musician, but also <clears throat> I love that you, know, you really have kind of this focus on on such a cool opportunity and. And uh, I would highly encourage anyone who's considered or has kind of you know, been on the fence of, you know, is this something I want to kind of take a leap into? Go check out Brianna's resources and, and see if it might be a good fit. So you can actually, yeah, you can have that experience and potentially have, you know, an amazing, amazing opportunity come from it. In worst case scenario, have a learning experience that, you know, sets you closer on your ultimate path to, you know, being successful as an artist. So. Absolutely. Yep. And you know, if people want to tune in or check out the reality singing show success Academy, then you could go to briannarellismusic.com backslash modern musician, and it'll take you straight to a page where you can learn more about the reality singing show success Academy, what's involved and how you can prepare. As I talked about earlier in this episode, long-term thinking strategically as you move into an experience like this. Mm. Awesome. Yep. So we'll make sure to put that in the, the show notes as well. And yeah, I would highly encourage, I mean, anyone, especially if you're someone who really wants to set yourself up for success. I mean, all of my mentors, all the most successful people I know, like they find people like you who've done the thing and are working with people that help them do the thing. And they shortcut their own process by you know connecting and collaborating with those those people. It's kind of like the Abraham Lincoln sort of sharpening the saw, right? So, so yeah, I I'd highly encourage anyone who has resonated with this, who's you know, pursuing this to actually look um, seriously into that, whether it's the free masterclasses um, or the actual consulting and coaching. And yep, Brianna, you're awesome. Thanks for taking the time to be here. Oh man, thank you so much for having me, Michael. I've really enjoyed it. Appreciate you. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.